and mine, Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time, so we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast aimed at rewriting Hollywood award history. My name is Corey. I'm Jeff. Every episode, Jeff and I will be given a year and a category by our super time computer, Al, and then we'll determine where Hollywood got it wrong. All right? Yeah, just fixing my microphone here. (laughs) Little technical difficulties. (coughs) Well, once you're set up there, why don't you go ahead and fire up Al and go ahead and tell us where in cinema awards history we'll be going today. So let's start with uh, the headlines from the year that this Academy Award happened. The year that this Academy Award happened, George W. Bush was president. Okay, that narrows it down to eight years. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, still, anywhere between 2000, 2000 and 2008. 2008. Okay. Here's another one. Hurricane Katrina happened in this year. Oh, Katrina. Oh, Katrina happened mid-2000s. Uh, this anywhere, is the year anywhere between 2003 and 2008 no it wouldn't have been 2008 it would sooner 2007 maybe this was the year that blu-ray discs were first released in the u.s really it wasn't that long ago i feel like blu-ray has been around for a lot longer than apparently not according years. to the interwebs uh yeah I, I don't know you got you got one one more headline dick cheney shot a guy in the face oh my god that's right <laughs> That's right. Our vice president became vice president, the second Dick vice Cheney president to shoot somebody. Shot somebody in the face. Oh. Oh, this has got to be like like 2004, 2005. Okay, let's let's uh let's uh you're pretty close. Pretty close. You're getting warmer. Getting warmer. Okay, let's let's just talk about the nominees that year for best picture cuz this is what we're going to talk about. Okay. We're going to try and see if these nominees for best picture actually were worth getting nominated. Now, I didn't want I didn't actually watch any of these. <laughs> You didn't see any of the films on this list? I didn't see any of the films on this list. Have you seen trailers for any of the films on this list? I've seen a trailer for each one of them. Oh, that's probably good enough. Okay. I'll judge each one of these by the trailer. (laughs) So, 2000... Oh, it's a 2000. I almost almost slipped. Okay, so... You're almost the worst game host. (laughs) This this almost turned into quiz show. (laughs) (laughs) And the nominees for Best Picture. Capote. Capote Capote came out this year. Yeah, we're we're like mid-2000s. Good, good night, night, good luck. Yeah, I, I still want, I want to say like 2004, 2005. Broke back now. 2005 or 2006? Mm, can you narrow it down to what year did Crash win? Oh, what, God. What year did Crash win for Best Academy Award? I know, I know that. Crash won the 2006 Best Picture. Awesome. Ah! Yeah, that that was a travesty. I'm I'm glad this is being brought up because we need to write this wrong for sure. Okay, so we're gonna talk about, and then also Munich was on this list. Oh, a good movie. Nominated for best picture that year. So uh, once again, nominated for best picture in 2006. Since now we know, was Crash, Munich, Brokeback Mountain, Good Night and Good Luck, and Capote. What we're gonna delve into this year on this uh, this so week on Switch the Envelope is if these if these uh, movies were worth being nominated, and if Crash was worth being the recipient of the Oscar this year. Right. All right, so we're talking about the 78th Academy Awards, hosted by, you got a guess? 
John Stewart. It is hosted by John Stewart. It's the first time John. John I would have actually thought it was it was uh, uh, Chris Rock. I think he did it the year after. I think I think he's he's the year uh, after John Stewart. I think that uh, other than Billy Crystal, Chris Chris Rock was probably one of the best. Chris Rock was a really good host. Yeah, he got a lot of flack for it. I don't know why. Uh, because I, of his jokes. You know what? Like, let him joke. It's funny. It's they're playing more to the. Uh, to the viewer at home than they are necessarily to the room, I guess. Billy Crystal played to the room. I, I don't know. It, it's it, a matter of taste, I suppose. But Well, Billy Crystal started off by, he was one of the first guys to actually make fun of the people in the room. He actually made fun of them. He so did. He did. And when any other comedian does it. Chris Rock took it to a new level. Well, Jon Stewart made fun of the people in the room, too. But, like, you know, he also made fun of the president. <laughs> yeah. He, he probably made some jokes about Dick Cheney shooting that dude in the face, though. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. <laughs> Probably part of his opening monologue. All right. Uh, let's let's go ahead and... Hey, Al, uh, show me the um, highest grossing films of 2005, then. So top 10 uh, highest grossing movies of 2005 leading up to this Oscars. Number 10... Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Love that movie. That is a that it's is a real fun movie. Sexy movie. It is a sexy movie. <laughs> sexy it's a movie. real sexy movie. <laughs> Vince Vaughn is is really funny in that movie. Oh man, when he stands up there <laughs> at his mom's yeah. house. Mom. Uh, number nine, Madagascar, animated feature. Ben Stiller at his best. <laughs> yeah. As a as a lion, I'm not a Ben Stiller fan. No, I'm not a Ben Stiller fan. I, I like Ben. Stiller. He's an overactor. I like him when he's supposed to overact as a character. When he plays like more of a straight man, like in um, Dodgeball. Yeah, like the like Dodgeball Ben Stiller, hilarious. or or like uh, Heavyweights. I never saw Heavyweights. He's uh, he's basically the same guy <laughs> from Dodgeball <laughs> and Heavyweights. Um, yeah, I, I like I like the overacting Ben Stiller. Like I like him as the nurse in Happy Gilmore. Like, but when he plays just sort of like the regular everyday. Guy, I don't find him as like compelling. You know, like the along came Polly Ben Stiller. Yeah, or the was the uh, the one with Drew Barrymore where they're renters for the apartment. No, it's not the apartment. That's a, another movie. That's Jack Lemmon. It's <laughs> a really you good got a movie. Jack Lemmon movie mixed up with Ben Stiller. Uh, it's something like that. It's it's like the you know <laughs> the, the odd the couple? condo or you know something something like that. Cheers. Anyway, uh, number eight. Batman Begins. It's the beginning of the Nolan verse Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not quite mm-hmm. the best of those Batmans. The Batman. 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 Batman movies. Batmans. Batmans. Batmanses. Batmanses. Is there like a quote on the end? <laughs> a comma on the end? Batmanses. <laughs> uh, but a solid film. A uh, solid Batman film. Uh, then right above it. Yeah, I like that one. A terrible film. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, they killed the Chocolate Factory there. The, I mean, the original. Maybe not want to inherit the Chocolate Factory at after, all. After, after. Ah, oh, I got a golden ticket. Aw. <laughs> Can I give it back? Yeah. You know what? You go. Um, hey, Grandpa Joe, can yeah. I just can I sit this one out? Yeah, you know what? I think we I'm running a fever. To, mm, I'm running a fever today. Maybe maybe we get diced up by that giant fan. Maybe we just end <laughs> you, it now. Can you take Grandpa Josephine? I don't want to see another one of those Oompa Loompas ever again. Uh, above that, in number six slot, is uh, Wedding Crashers. It's a <sighs> funny comedy. So funny. It's a really funny comedy. This you know, was, Vince Vaughn had a good year. He did. He did have a good year. Yeah, Wedding Crashers and Mr. and Mrs. Smith. He's not in any of the other ones, I don't think. So you know, <laughs> but then, not in Sky High. Two, no, he's not in Sky High. Oh. No. Uh, oh, speaking of what, he was also with Jennifer Aniston at one point. Was he? Yeah. Were they? Were they in? Yeah. Item? 
Him and Brad and man, they've been she passed Jennifer her around Aniston. more than Taylor Swift. She yeah, she can't she can't get any love, especially not in the mid mid aughts. <laughs> no, I think she got a lot of love in the mid aughts. Well, she got the wrong kind of love, the temporary love. So let's review these. What are the what are the we're at number five? So what was the what was the bottom bottom five? Bottom five. Mr. And Mrs. Smith. Madagascar. Top most grossing movies. Of 2005. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Madagascar, Batman Begins, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Wedding Crashers. Top five, we get King Kong. Then number four, War of the Worlds. Um, I, that was that was okay. Steven Spielberg film. It's okay. That is one of two Steven Spielberg films of the year. Uh, only one of which got nominated. Minority that, Report or something? No, no. The one that's on, on our list here, Munich. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was a Steven Spielberg film? It is film? a Steven Spielberg film. He was doesn't, and it doesn't involve aliens, or it doesn't. Well, Al, it uh, it, it it does not involve aliens. He was, Al was mad at us. Confirmed for by Al. It in, it involves uh, Israel and the the Munich games and the terrorists. At no point did, did aliens come down and the save the, the. No, no. Just, it's weird because it's Steven no Spielberg. Aliens. It's um, it's it's you know like he has uh, war films. He has uh, like. Like kid growing up films, he has a, a couple alien of those kid movies. growing kid growing up films are alien movies. They are, yeah. Et, which was uh, something we may need to bring up at another podcast because it was snubbed in 1983 for best picture. I think that was a best picture though. Et, yeah. Come I on, best picture. I guarantee on our metric, Et gets all five. Let's do it real quick, real quick, real oh, quick. Okay, Et, Et, let's go, let's go. So hold up to multiple viewings. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. One I finger. I watch this shit at any time. Hold up through time. I don't believe it holds up through time. E.T. looks like a... It, it's disgusting. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> E.T. is disgusting when you look at it now. And the guys that come in with the suits and they put the bio thing over it, I don't know if it holds up through time, honestly. Uh, I think it does. I showed I showed my, my child, who's seven, recently, E.T. We, we've watched it a couple times now. He absolutely loved it. Didn't care about like the special <laughs> effects are practical, and then there's some like uh, like the bike scene. There's, yeah, there's not much that takes you out of it. The miniature work is really really well done, um, and the sort of theme of like kids finding the thing that you know is I'm bigger just saying than it, them. I'm just saying it it doesn't really it hold up, up through time. It still looks old. It does look like an old movie. So I'm not saying we I'm saying we can't give it the finger. All right, for fuck. Okay. It's gonna get four and a half. Fuck, <laughs> fuck, and. Compelling. It's emotion. It's emotional. It's, come on, it's absolutely compelling. Home. You I mean, cry at the end of. The, you don't cry, yeah, but I don't cry. I, don't I cry cried at the end of the movie. I still cry at the end of the movie. Uh, well cast. It's well cast. It's, it is. It's gotta go. And would you? Of course, I'd recommend it. So four and a half. Yeah, four. And I, and I half. would actually only give it four. I don't nah. think it's. I well, don't think it's. A, sorry, the one that the Field movie, of Dreams still holds up better than E.T. Yes, I would agree. Yes, uh, the movie that beat it out was Gandhi. And I guarantee Gandhi would get three and a half, maybe tops on our on our list. But that's yeah. for another. That's for, that's another, for another podcast. <laughs> okay, we did that quickly. But we also introduce people who haven't been listening to our podcast, uh, our metric system for how we rate these. Yeah, I mean, that's how we're going to score these best picture category uh, or contestants. Nominees. Yeah, so, they're called so nominees, you, not contestants. Yeah, nominees. So if you haven't, if you. <laughs> If you haven't been listening to our podcast, we do have a five-finger system comprised of multi-viewings. If it holds up through time, if it's compelling and emotional, if it's got, a, if it's well cast, if you'd recommend it to somebody else, that's our five-finger system for whether a movie should have won or should have been nominated in the best picture category. So, top three of 2006, we get into sort of the now we're getting into the like heart of what people 
you know, like the fandom type movies. Um, we have Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which is, I think, the weakest of all the Harry Potter movies. But I think know. the entire series is weak. Well, I strongly disagree with you. But, uh, you know, I'm a Harry Potter nerd, so uh, where were we? Uh, Harry Potter, then The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, the number one gross, highest grossing movie of 2005, uh, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Are you kidding me? It's the highest grossing movie of 2005. That movie was awful. Why, take a guess at how much, how much total gross that movie is. 500 million. 380 million. Hmm. Three hundred and eighty million dollars. God, that movie sucked. For a really bad movie, you know that one was really bad. The first, the first wasn't that bad. Phantom that Menace. Was... You're saying that Phantom Menace was not that bad? Yeah, it wasn't. I, I rewatched it and I was like, yeah, it's not bad. It's not that bad. It's okay. I know everyone's okay. like, well, it's like common to hate all the Star Wars, but it wasn't that bad. It was okay. Uh, here's the thing. Compared to all the new ones, it's the, shit. Well, the two. The two with Hayden Christensen, so, you know, Attack of the Clones and, and Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith. Attack of the Clones isn't bad either. No, like, okay, so there's there's the movie that's happening around fucking Anakin Skywalker, and then there's Anakin Skywalker, and every time Anakin Skywalker comes on screen... He's a terrible actor. It just sucks the life right out of the movie, and in, in those two movies, he's on screen a lot. Uh, and that's why the movies feel really yeah, terrible. Yeah, but man, the first one, like, I used to... The first one is filled with, like, it's unnecessary. I think that's the problem that I have with the It's Phantom not Menace. unnecessary. It's Phantom completely Menace. unnecessary. No, it isn't. Phantom Menace sets up the whole backstory for Anakin. I think that you could have turned episode two and episode three into one movie, cut out a lot of bullshit. You could have done all three as one movie. It's okay. It, you you're, you're entitled to like it. I mean, no judgment for liking The Phantom Menace. It's just... Interesting. No, what I'm saying is that, because I love Star Wars, but anytime you talk to people who are Star Wars fans, you get so much shit for saying anything positive about the f- one, two, and three. Yeah, well, you're going to get a lot of shit from Star Wars fans now going forward. It's like about... being a Van Halen sa- fan <sighs> saying you like a Sammy Hagar f- album. I'm, I'm that guy. You like Sammy Hagar albums? See, I'm getting that from you. <laughs> I, I Except enjoy... the song Summertime or whatever that song is. That's en- a good song. I enjoy songs from both eras of Van Halen, yes. Does it have cool guitar solos? No, nah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Yeah, but I think the Sweet. there aren't very many guitar solos after. There really aren't. I mean, the, all the cool guitar solos, like the really good ones, well, are yeah, in the, the beginning. The shreddy stuff is. Yeah, is, it's all in the, really much yeah. in the beginning. Okay, so. <clears throat> so, is, is there anything you want to add to this nomination list? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of great movies that came out this year. History of Violence is, is a good movie. History of Violence was a fantastic movie. It's a good movie, movie. But it's not movie. it's not a movie I'd watch multiple times. All right, so maybe, maybe, like, it's good, but we see why it wasn't nominated. Yeah. Okay. Now, Sin City. Sin City I is great. I watch all the time. All Still, right. I love that movie. I watch it all the time. Let's, it's got a or it's got compelling. It's emotional. It's got It's well cast. It's interesting. It's, like aside from the our, our metric, like it's a really interesting film. Yeah, because of the way it's shot and done. I recommend and, it all the time. All right, so we're gonna add that to to our list. Add Sin City. But do you think Sin City is an Academy film? It's definitely one of those films where it's going to inspire future filmmakers. That's true. You, you know, that, Robert Rodriguez. That's, that's kind of what we're like. What we're getting. It's definitely. But I think it's, I think it's better as a film than Pulp Fiction was. As a film, not a script. Okay, I see. I see what you're saying, but that's also a decade later. So we have a benchmark in '94 of Pulp Fiction. Now you have a decade past that. 
every subsequent year should have something that's a little better than the year before it. One of my favorite movies, Sahara, came out this year. <laughs> Sahara is really good. <laughs> not an Oscar movie. Well, not an Oscar movie, but super watchable. Yeah. The sequel Steve to... Zahn, Steve Zahn makes, makes me smile every time he's in a movie. Just like, <laughs> all right, we're going to have a good time. Steve Zahn is in this movie. Well, there's Matthew McConaughey. Come on. Well, Matty Mac, yeah, yeah, obviously. But I'm saying Steve Zahn, anytime he shows up in a cast... I, I maybe it's because he's pretty um he's very he's pretty picky as an actor. Really? So like for him to be in a movie, I think okay, he's put some thought into this. It's probably got some quality to it that's awesome. You know, and and I, I would say that like uh, the National Treasure guy, uh Nicolas Cage? No, the uh, the sidekick is pretty, Oh, that guy's I like that guy. Right, but I feel like he's just doing Steve Zahn. <laughs> um as a sidekick. I can see that Kingdom of Heaven with Orlando Bloom. Came out this year. Oh, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> Orlando Bloom was in a few movies this year, and he's just so he's he's so soft. I don't know. Like, he doesn't... He's not a real badass character. Like, he works as an elf in the Lord of the Rings movies, which, by the way, I fall asleep halfway through most of those Lord of the Rings movies. But yeah, it's nine hours of people walking. Not only that, it's accents, horses, and swords. <laughs> I still have I not... I can't stand the Lord of the Rings I movies. I still not have have not seen no, you know, The Lord Return of... of the King all the way through. I fall asleep <laughs> at the same moment in every viewing of that movie, and I wake up at the same moment in every, every time I I will amend that, that. The first Lord of the Rings movie is very good. Yeah. The second and third one are honestly people walking. I enjoyed the second one because it's the whole For tree thing hours. and the, you know, the, the White Wizard. Like, all of that stuff was, was really nice. Yeah. <sighs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan. I liked the Hobbit trilogy more than I liked the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. The Ho- the Hobbits, the Hobbits really good. It's paced a little better. Uh, and even though it is still, they walked like, a little faster. Yeah. Yeah. They get on horses a lot more. <laughs> they were on horses. Do they wear pedometers? No. Do they track their <laughs> they steps? Should've. They should have. They should have tracked their well, steps. Well, it's a prequel to the Lord of the Rings. So if they weren't using pedometers in Lord of the Rings, they're definitely not using <laughs> pedometers in the Hobbit. Definitely not. No. Yeah, because by Lord of the Rings they had iPhones. This is a good list of movies. There's a lot of good movies. I don't think any of these. I don't think Sin City is better than these movies as far as the Academy Awards would okay. go. So, that's if, a really good movie though. If these movies come up, I mean, Sin City was definitely my favorite movie that came out that year. Or Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I know it's a, it's one of those. Uh, what do you call it? Um, it's real fun. Well, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's not an Oscar movie. It's not an Oscar movie, but but if I could watch any movie from this year repeatedly over time. It would be Mr. Smith, Smith and Sin City. Mm-hmm. Kiss can, Kiss Bang Bang I, is, is one of those for me, for sure. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang too. But if I watch anything from this year on the Oscar list, um, since I haven't watched any of them, <laughs> you've um, seen the trailers. It's enough. I've seen the trailers. So if I go watch any of the ones from the trailers, uh, probably Munich. Yeah. So I would let's let's just try going through the list. All right. We'll we'll choose we'll choose from and from we'll these throw up then. yours. I, last, I don't think Sin City is going to hold up against that list. Like it's not better than Capote. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's so not. It's not as deep a movie. The Constant Gardener is as deep a movie, but it's a little slower paced. Um, but definitely one that the Oscars like. I think that the Constant Gardener is better than Crash. You're you really know. hating on the Crash. Crash would it have done better with Chris Pine in the character? It might have. Chris Instead Pine, of Matt Dillon, Chris Pine would have would have brought some some new life to it. <laughs> you know? What about what about Zachary Levi? Now we're talking. Now this is Oscar caliber. Zachary Levi. We get a little Chuck in there. We get a little Chris Pine. You know. And then it's a, and that's a movie. Then we got a movie. Yeah, yeah. Let's green light this now. Okay. 
A remake of Crash. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. <laughs> Brokeback Mountain, starring Zachary Levi, Levi Chris Pine. Chris Pine. <laughs> Brokeback Two. Return to the Mountain. Direct, di- directed to Blu-ray or on direct. Get on that, Angley. On demand. Let's, let's do this. <laughs> All right. So it's just a Cinemax movie. <laughs> it's a direct to on the video, on demand video. Oh man, yeah. All right. Let's. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you then. Let's just go with these five. Run them. Run them through our, our metric and uh, and see who who stacks up. Okay, so let's start with uh, Capote. Now, disclaimer again: I have not seen any of these movies. I've seen Capote, so, so I'm going off the uh, I'm going off the trailers. Capote, starring the, the late the, great, the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman. <clears throat> Philip Seymour Seymour. He is a whirlwind in this movie. Uh, the The movie itself is it less than memorable. Like it's just the story of Capote, you know. He had, the thing. My takeaway from that movie was Philip Seymour Hoffman, and I believe he won the uh, acting Academy Award for playing Capote. Yeah, I think he won um, Best Actor that year. This year, it's well cast, but Philip Seymour Hoffman is memorable as Capote, but the movie itself is not very memorable. For now, looking at the looking at the trailer, mm-hmm. it was a boring movie. Very slow moving. <laughs> Slow moving movie. I uh, I would not recommend this movie by the trailer. It uh, didn't it didn't really capture my interest. Well, let's score it. Let's score it um, officially. Would you multiple viewings? Would you watch this multiple times? Maybe the way he talked bugged me. Mm. Well, that was Capote. Yeah, that was. Um, does know. does it hold up through time? Yeah, I think it holds up through time. Absolutely, holds up through time. Uh, is it compelling? Is it emotional? Does, does it? Yes. Does it garner emotion? From when you watch it, yes, obviously it's well cast. It is well cast. And uh, would you recommend it? I would not recommend Capote. If somebody were interested in it, or interested in like writers or movies about writers, I'd be like, oh, Capote would be one that. Yeah, you in, watch. The, in the movie about writer category, I would be like, this is one you need to wear. I, if they made a movie about Robert Ludlum, <laughs> that's the one that I would more likely recommend. <laughs> Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, when are they going to come out with that Faulkner movie? Like, exactly. Or Tom whew. Clancy movie. A Tim O'Brien biopiece. <laughs> those, those are the movies that should go before Capote. Sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> no, I, I mean, not really. I'm not really going to recommend it. it. Like, it isn't one where, like, if somebody's like, I haven't seen Capote, be like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, watch it if you can. Is it four? four? fingers? No, I think it's three, right? Because we're, we're not... We're not really watching it multiple times. It holds up through time. Holds up through time. It's compelling. well cast and it's compelling. Well cast. Okay, so three fingers. We're giving three. it three fingers. Capote gets three fingers. Okay, so good night and good luck. It's a really good film. Now, I saw like about 10 minutes of this film. Oh, did you? And I immediately marked off because it's black and white, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a black and white film. Sure, it is. I mean, I know they're trying I, to be artistic and everything, is. but what the hell? Well, it's one thing... <laughs> This is uh, directed by uh, one of my favorite actors in the world, George Clooney. He also so sexy. He's he's also uh, this year in the Oscars. Uh, he becomes like only the fifth person ever to be nominated for an acting category, a writing category, and a directing category in the same Academy Awards. Because he's fucking George Clooney. <sighs> I think he peaked at ER. Frankly, <laughs> I thought he peaked at fucking what's that eighties film? That eighties TV show? Roseanne. No. 
I think he peaked at Facts of Life. <laughs> okay. He was on Facts of Life. It was like his, one of his first things that he did was he was like a, a repairman or something on Facts of Life. Uh, the fir- first thing I ever saw him in was the, the, the manager of the diner in Roseanne. Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, good night and good luck. So we don't have a category for bad coloring of the film. <laughs> no. So we'll just go for our multiple viewings. This is a good multiple viewing. Yes. Okay. Uh, for the compelling nature of the story alone, it's it holds up to multiple views. Now I can watch the trailer one or two times. <laughs> yeah. So I'll say uh-huh. multiple views, we'll give it a multiple viewing. Does it hold up through time? Now, it already looks like it happened in ni- like the they, like it was going on in the 1960s or something. They do a, a, a really good job sort of recreating that whole vibe of, you know, television news programming. Uh is an emotional movie. It was an emotional movie. It's very compelling. Yeah. You, you. <laughs> I said it's an emotional movie. <laughs> is, it's compelling. Is it compelling? That's our category. Is it compelling? Yeah. Is it emotional? Does it? Does yes. it suck yes. you in? Yes. Is it, is it a compelling movie, Corey? Are you, are you are you with it the entire time? Yeah, I would say you absolutely are. Okay. The mainly mainly from the performances, which sort of gets us into the the next part. Is it uh, well cast? It it is. Now I saw the trailer of this, and um, I concur. That you thought the cast was was well done, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, from the, the ten from the ten minutes that the main character is in Home for the Holidays, I um, the actor, the actor is in Home for the Holidays. <laughs> I really, really connected with him as as a as an actor, and uh, I think he's a method actor actually. Is he? Yeah, I think he's a method actor. He 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 really knew how to play in black and white i think he actually walked around <laughs> in black and white in black and white <laughs> well i mean he would he would have been the uh, uh another actor in the movie lincoln that, that went method because daniel day lewis went complete method to play lincoln he walked around in white and black no it was sepia i think at that time oh, sepia. You know. <laughs> so when people were uh taking photos of him he would look like the actual photo he would look so like he'd have he the bubbly tone, yeah. the bubbly things on the edges of yeah, his yeah. okay gotcha yeah the burned film the edges, burned film yeah. edges on his on the All side of his it. yeah Gotcha. All right. He goes deep. So, he goes deep, deep into a character. Our fourth finger, if fourth you finger. will. Fourth finger. That's Our fourth what finger, if you will, is would you recommend this movie? Yes. And I was recommended this movie by several people. Um, I didn't watch it. But I would I like watched. to recommend that you watch this movie. I think, I, knowing you, I think if you could get past the black and whiteness of the movie, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you would absolutely like this movie. Okay. I, I'll watch this movie. I'm gonna do it on my phone right now while we're doing this. So what's, what's its score? Um, it's actually got a five. Five finger. Five. It's a multiple viewings holds up through time. It's emotional, compelling. It's uh, well cast and it, a five finger movie. We give it five fingers. Gets a five. The next movie that we have on our list is very controversial at the time. It was a movie that pushed the boundaries, pushed the limits of uh, social norms and was well-received by some parts of society and not by others. I thought we weren't talking about Sky High. <laughs> we weren't, we weren't adding No, I that think we, the... we're going we're gonna to talk Sky High. That's what we're talking <laughs> okay. about. Uh, I believe you're talking about Brokeback Mountain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Bro- Brokeback Mountain, uh, I, I did see. I saw that one in the theater. Um, and it was, uh, it was a weird... It was a... So, uh, the movie going experience, I, I would say, was surreal. Uh, we were—I uh, went with uh, my sister-in-law at the time. Um, 
because she was like, I really want to go see this movie. Nobody would go see this movie. And I was like, I'll see pretty much any movie, so I'll go with you. And we were like two of six people maybe in the theater. And I remember getting looks from other people at the theater when we were going into the theater and like getting a snicker from the ticket taker when he tore our tickets to go in the theater. And it was like, really? Yeah. It was a really surreal moment. And I was, it was like, it's just a movie. Like it's That's not that big a big deal. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. The, the whole sort of <clears throat> stigma around the broke back mountainness, uh, you know, the, not the broke back mountain, I mean, uh, I did go see this with my mom, and it got a little uncomfortable. <laughs> it might have gotten a little uncomfortable in three scenes. Yeah, it got, it got a little weird. Remember, I haven't seen any of these you movies, so that movie. was a fictional story. Yeah, you do see Anne Hathaway's boobs in this movie, and they are fantastic. You have to get... Yeah. Hold on. The only other time I'd seen her was in The Princess Diaries, and I was like, oh, Princess Diaries chicks. Oh, there's some boobs. Sweet. You know, it's it's a plus. I'm just saying. I liked her better when she was Liv Tyler. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, her, and her dad was uh, putting her in music videos talking about how crazy it is to love a girl like her. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Aerosmith's weird. That's, That's the video for crazy. She's doing a... She's, it's really yeah. weird you're bringing this up. I was listening to that song today. This is the, the video for crazy. They're like going through the desert and they're driving in their open air car and they're, or they're convertible and they're getting crazy. Yeah, they do crazy things like make a guy write the word crazy in a riding lawnmower yeah. in a field. <laughs> weird stuff. Music videos are wacky. Yeah. All right, so if we're going to put Brokeback through our, our metric here. Does it hold up to multiple viewings? Yes. I think that movie is a very powerful film. It and is. I think it's a, a because it is so such a sad film, it's like watching uh, Menace to Society multiple times. You know, it's like, well... Uh, yeah, there, there is there is a I don't bit know, of you don't like, really You don't really sit down to watch Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, I, I see where I see where you're coming from. It, it's a very tortured love story, and it's heartbreaking. The entire movie is so heartbreaking. I, I didn't have a lot of bias, but I definitely would say that I wasn't exposed to a lot of um, gay relationships. You know, so there was a bit of me that was uncomfortable at first, especially how visceral that opening scene with them. You know, sort of realizing that they have a physical connection when they're up on the mountain and they get in the tent and there's spit involved and. It, it's a really like just it's beyond passion, you know, like it's just so crazy sex, you know, like it's so physically just animalistic um, that I could see how, <clears throat> how some people, you know, would, would sort of distance their appreciation for for what the rest of the movie is trying to well, do. Well, you got to understand that even though it doesn't even have to be uh, homosexual sex, it can be heterosexual sex. And if you have that visceral, it's not going to be something that you're going to want to watch all the time. No, and and that's, anyway, well, and that's by by the time you get to the middle middle point of the movie. I mean, who watches Fifty Shades of Grey over and over again, except uh, for older God, housewives? That movie series is not even worthy of like like a cable original it's so poorly done oh well that's obvious it's but i mean so like poorly written it's so poorly what acted. i'm saying is uh, like uh, the the a movie that is fine like basic instinct mm-hmm. right how beyond the sexual aspect of that movie it's actually kind of a good movie but yes. 
But well, beyond any of the the sort of sex that's going on in Brokeback Mountain, the rest of the movie is absolutely great. But I'm saying, like, when you have movies like that that are so seeped in sexual anything, it's it's uncomfortable to watch all the time. Well, okay, so like, like I said, the begin the opening. It's not sequence, like you can watch, watch it with your kids. It's not no, like you can watch no, it's it. Not, it's you not can't one. even if you're just watching it with your parents, your kids, people you have friends. It's it's uncomfortable to sit there and watch people have sex. It's any kind yeah. of sex. No, I, and and I agree. And they they don't. They don't really sensationalize it. Like it's not like soft focus. And, That's what I'm saying. You know, so is it stuff. is it it's a multiple viewing? Is it a multiple viewings? I'm saying it's not really a multiple viewings movie. I mean, I have seen it multiple times, and I've enjoyed it equally every time I've seen it. Um, especially like on the second and and third viewings. Um, once once you like you know all of the stuff that that's going to happen. The you're sort of um. You're 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 you are sort of allowed as a viewer then to like break down your any kind of hesitation you may have viewing something that's very different from what you feel to yourself, you know, or like you, what you feel your your relationships are or whatever. You're viewing somebody else's relationships very different than than your own on a on a whole, right? Once you get past that, then you start to just uncover this beautiful love story that blossoms between these two characters and the struggle through society and through their own um, hesitations and whatnot to try to come back to each other and try to to be, to okay, be well, together. And everything is trying to pull them uh, away from each other. And so that as a story, whether it's male-female or male-male or whatever, that's really compelling and, and heartbreaking, you know, by the time you get if to the movie. If this movie was not about two men... Mm-hmm. In this time that it was happening, it's not about two men. It was about a man and a woman. Same exact story. Yeah, man and a woman. Would it be as compelling? Yes. If everything else was the same, w- yes. Would it be nominated for an Academy Award? But I, I would that think year. Probably, I, 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 there would have to be some sort of social stigma. So, like, this would have to be. So, it was a male and female. It would have to be probably like interracial. So, is what the main you know, what makes it a compelling story and everything? Is it the fact that it is two men? Well, that that it's it's two people who fall in love against uh, what society deems is correct for who should fall in love. Could you have made this story about two people that are in love with each other, but they can't leave the other? Because there's been several movies like this where they can't leave the other person's wife. One wife can't leave. I mean, you've got stories like uh, Bridges of Madison County. Mm-hmm. Same kind of. Wasn't Bridges of Madison County nominated for an Oscar? Meryl Streep got nominated. Not for Best Picture? Nominated uh, for uh, Best Actress. Best mm-hmm. Actress. But yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it's no, it didn't get nominated. So that's what I'm saying, and that's that's well, kind of that's kind of the same thing. It's kind of the same thing, kind of the same setting, kind of the same tortured love story, and um, I, I think I think the the sort of social stigma element of of their relationship has to be present, whether it's you know two different genders or it's the same gender. You know, you know what I'm saying? That to to really make that that sort of you know really pull them apart. In the same way, I'm saying if you were to if you were to say that it was done male female, <clears throat> would it be just as compelling? As long as it still had that sort of social tension pulling pulling at their relationship, that is, you know, all of the judgment of the world around them. What I'm what know? I'm getting at is at the heart of the story, it's just a tortured love story. Mm-hmm. Take all the take all the because because the 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 gay relationship 
doesn't matter to me. I don't I don't care about the fact that it's a uh, that's two men. If right. it's two men or two women, it doesn't matter to me. So if, I'm if just you, saying if, if it's a great rem- story, if it's a great if it's a compelling story, it's a compelling story. It, so it, if you remove the so- the social stigma of it, then it's the notebook. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, I was saying it's notebook, and I didn't see the notebook either because that movie, those kind of movies aren't just they're not just something I'm interested in. But I'm saying does it just does it, is the only reason it was on this list because of the social implications that it was making or social boundaries it was pushing at the time no i i mean maybe maybe at the time that it was nominated that had because the acting in it the acting in it apparently was great but that's not why you get best picture not just the acting no but the the social commentary they're making about the time that becomes a theme of you know the movie like because capote is gay also right so and and it deals with it in in its own way as well um but I, I don't know. I, I think it, we're, dude, we're still on multiple views. We need to get to this. Magic. Now remember, I, I've only seen the trailer. That's so, true. and the trailer itself, um, I mean, it actually is a fantastic trailer. <laughs> sure. It had a great marketing <laughs> campaign. Uh, multiple viewings, then we'll, we'll give it a half. Half a point um, because it is a heavy film to watch right. again. I, I still think people. But I, I think it's good enough that if you saw it again, you would sit down and watch it if you had the opportunity to watch it again. If you had already seen it. Be like, oh, that's a really good movie. Somebody else wants to watch this movie. Yeah, I'll watch it again. I can watch that that movie again. I think like it makes a, people feel so uncomfortable that it's not a movie you'd watch. Not not times. uncomfortable. Like once you've seen it, yeah, it's, it's like the Wonder Years. Halfway, halfway Wonder Years oh. makes you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> halfway through the movie, you cease becoming uncomfortable. You I know, know they can't quit each other. They can't quit each other. It's so heart wrenching. And would you recommend the movie based off the trailer, Jeff? Would you recommend seeing? Would you go see the movie based off the trailer? Yeah, I'd go see the movie just because it's a it's a movie that. Uh, has significance. It's mm. a movie social commentary. It's a movie that everybody has said is a great movie, and I like to make sure that I've seen movies that have so much uh, value in our society, just for the pop culture references. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd, I'd go see it you. once. I'd go see it once. I don't know if it'd be some movie I'd go see. Like I like I said, I've never even seen The Notebook, so I don't know if I. I'm not mm. that into like the romantic movies in general. But yeah, the See, romantic dramas aren't my a, thing. It's more of a romantic tragedy than it is like a like a romantic drama. You know what I mean? Like that, there's that's kind. Of, I think those are kind of the same thing, but, but not necessarily because there's movies probably like The Good Girl with Jennifer Aniston. That's a romantic drama. Well, drama doesn't mean that it turns out all everything turns out great in the end. I no, mean, that's, no, no, no. But I'm saying like Brokeback Mountain is like a it's a tragedy. You know it it. It's such a compelling, heartbreaking film. It, it's it, it's different than the, the Notebook, which brings you through an entire range of emotions, and then they die old people in what looks like an apparent murder-suicide. By the way, at the end of that movie, a little weird. Uh, she's dying. He gets into bed to comfort her, and then they're both dead in the morning. I don't know. That seems like he killed her and then killed himself. Well, I think that... Um... <laughs> Whatever romantic movies that are dramatic romantic movies are not really my thing. Sure. So um, unless flicks. they have You're not into chick no flicks. chick flicks are more like rom coms. No, know? see, I like a good rom com, but like no, a really unless it's got like unless it's got drama. like like Matthew McConaughey in it or uh, Chris Pine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. both have done really good romantic comedy movies. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely good rom coms and bad rom coms, but. Like, uh, well, a lot of the comedies that Vince Vaughn are in cons- are considered rom-coms, sure. but they're, you know, 
It's they're just, more you know, calm than Rom. Guy, guy gets girl, guy loses girl, guy gets girl back. Like if you can, or you know, swap genders or you know whatever. If if you can sort of hit that formula and then throw jokes along the way, rom com. Yeah, but there's yeah. So, <clears throat> but okay, but the the dramatic, the romantic and dramatic movies are not my thing. Never have been. All right, I've got a soft spot for romantic comedies. I'm not saying romantic comedies. I'm saying romantic well, I'm, dramas I'm saying, are just uh, yeah, not my romantic, thing. If they if they drag on, it's it's weird. There's there except are if few, we're watching Outlander, and man, I'm just I'm just sucked into that show. Uh, there's a there's a movie about um, time travel that's a, a romantic drama that's really good. What is the name of that movie? Al Outlander. Fuck no. Um, Lander out. Outlander. It's not Outlander. <laughs> Al, show me this it's a romantic movie. drama about people going through time. Um, uh, about time is the movie that I'm talking about. Thank you, Al. Um, it's final score. The final score for Brokeback Mountain, four and a half star or four and a half fingers. Moving on to Munich, which is another one of those where I'm surprised. As as a history buff, I'm surprised you haven't seen Munich. Nah, I just haven't seen it. No, I, this, that's one of those where, like, I mean, where I'm jumping to the end, but, like, would you recommend, like, knowing you and how much you love history, um, not seeing a movie about a historical event that's really interesting and has, it's, like, a spy and espionage and, like, assassinations and, like, all this stuff. Uh, and it's directed by Steven Spielberg. Like, right up your alley, man. Totally recommend this movie. <laughs> It's right in your your wheelhouse. But as far as Steven Spielberg movies go, is it on my like immediate list of recommend Steven Spielberg movies? Probably not. Steven Spielberg's hit and miss with me, but he, he is. He's mostly hit, but his misses are more disappointing. I think because didn't he do Minority Report? He did. That's a complete miss. Minority Report is it's okay. Like there's a lot of that's a miss. Yeah, I have I have some big issues. It's a terrible I have, movie. I have uh, a friend who absolutely loves that movie, and for the most part, has generally pretty good taste in movies, and absolutely loves that that particular movie. And uh, you know, like the I don't quite get the absolute love for. Well, Minority I Report, know but... that I have the best taste in movies for me. <laughs> <laughs> and well, anyway, so with Munich, let's see, uh, is, is Munich good for multiple viewings? Uh, yeah, because it's like action adventure. It's an action movie, yeah. Yeah, it's great. an action movie. Hold up through time. I think it holds up through time. It's a great movie. Well filmed. It's it's a good movie. I mean, it's it's a historical piece. So yeah, it. Holds I mean, I know up. during time, action movies, one of the things you always have to worry about is the way the movie's filmed because of the way the camera, uh, the camera shots are made. You know, like uh, movies like Boondock Saints. Sure. The way it was filmed make it dates it a little bit. Or like the the second Born movie does not hold up over time because of the shaky cam yeah. style that they overused in all well, of the... Well, I think uh, Munich has that a little bit on there. And some not, of their scenes they're running in, right? No, I mean, it, it has some handheld, but for uh, intensity as opposed to, like, this is how we're going to do every fight sequence. Okay. You know, like, the whole movie isn't shaky cam. But it holds up through time. Mm -hmm. um, just watching the trailer, it's a fantastic movie. I mean, it's great. Um, <laughs> the... Um, <laughs> It's very emotional. It's compelling. I mean, the, the the subject matter they're talking about, 
Now, I do know about the subject matter they're talking about, which is Israeli. It's the retaliation of Israel against terrorists. Well, no, it's terrorists who took the took the hostages from the Olympic team. I can't remember the year, though. Um, it's like the 78 Munich Games or something like that. Uh, 72? Yeah, 1972 Olympics in Munich, where um, terrorist cell Black September uh, took a bunch of Israeli athletes and then murdered them. <laughs> You know, uh, I didn't mean to laugh. It's just <laughs> I was like, you know, um, uh, yeah, un- this is the retaliation. It's un- it's un- uncomfortable. The this entire- is the retaliation. Yeah, for that. the the movie is how the Israeli secret, basically the Israeli CIA, um, the Mossad, probably um, goes through and retaliates for everybody that organized the um, the massacre, and whether or not they kind of go beyond that, you know, is, is sort of like the crux of the morality of the movie, you know? <clears throat> so, um, is this movie well cast? Cause we know it's emotional just based yes. on this stuff. So is uh, it yeah, well cast? I would say that it's, it's well cast. That's, um, it's, uh, Eric Bana. It is Eric Bana. The, yeah, he's, he's really good in it. Daniel Craig is in the movie. This Dan- is, this is pre, this is pre, pre James Bond, James Bond, Daniel Craig. And Jeffrey Rush is in the movie. I think Jeffrey Rush, didn't he win something for this? I don't believe so. No? No. I mean, maybe it was like a Golden Globe or something, but no, I don't think so. Okay, because you've got when you've got Je- Eric Bana, Daniel Craig, and Jeffrey Rush, you've got a movie. Like, it, it fits both those categories. It's, and it's got it's... Yvonne Atal. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you have no idea who that is. <laughs> Lynn Cohen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael Lonsdale. He Matthew Amalric, dude, he plays Papa. I the, the performance by Matthew Amalric. <clears throat> there's should have garnered, garnered its own best supporting 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 actor award. Yeah, peripheral actor of the year. <laughs> okay, right, ne- so next. would you recommend this movie? From the trailer, I would totally recommend this movie. I recommend that I see this movie. It probably would be just short of my list of recommendation movies. Really? Yeah. I mean, give it Surprising. a half. Give it a half. All right. But, uh, Steven Spielberg has all. You went on for 20 minutes movies. about Brokeback Mountain and you would not recommend Munich? Uh, Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Huh. That's surprising. I, I was I was more affected by Brokeback Mountain than I was Munich. It, that means that Munich gets a score of four and a half. Also gets four and a half. And then we're going to do the last one, which is Crash. Crash. The winner of this category, mind you. Does it hold up to multiple viewings? Um, I do I do think so. I think it holds up to multiple viewings. I, I would not stand to watch this a second time. Well, you hate this movie, so... I don't, I don't hate the movie. It was fine. I dislike that it was the winner of... Uh, over all of these other movies. Does it hold up through time? Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't... It's not... You don't look at it and think it's dated. It's, it's a good movie. I feel like this is going to be one of those movies where in another 10 years, we'll look back and be like, oh, that was from the aughts. Okay, most of the movie <laughs> focuses on a, on a dirty cop, on a cop that yeah. that sexually harasses women and how bad that is. That's so one storyline, I yeah. think that it's... I think it, it it's relevant still and it holds up. I, I would say yes. All right, I'll, I'll give it to you. It holds up through time. Uh, is it compelling or emotional? Yeah, I think it is emotional. It's an emotional movie. Again, I think some storylines. I heard yes. someone tell me about the ending because I haven't seen it, 
And the ending of the movie You've is very move, is more moving. You haven't seen Crash? No, oh, man. <laughs> it's any of these movies. I thought I thought the one you had seen was Crash. No. <laughs> All right. So, but by the trailer, you felt like. Well, I saw some YouTube clips of it. Oh, okay. Makes you think. It feels so forced to me. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Like, there are certain storylines. You're going to have to agree? Cool. Let's move on. I'm going to have to disagree. <laughs> uh, certain storylines are more compelling than others. As a whole, I think it, it there's gaps. I, I'm going to have to half it again. Okay. Is it um, is it well cast? Very well cast. It's a very well cast movie. I, I would as an ensemble, it, it's it's got it's got a very good cast. It's I mean for for the characters that it's got Sandra play, Bullock, there, there it's got Matt anybody. Dillon, uh, Tandy Newton, Don Cheadle. It's very good cast. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it a good <clears> cast. <throat> uh, would you recommend people watch Crash? I would. I say it's a good movie, but, except for the fact that Tony Danza is in it. <laughs> I think I think it would have been better if they had not cast Tony Danza. You know what? Tony Danza not terrible in the movie. <laughs> Uh, they should have not cast Tony Danza in the movie. Maybe put uh, Sam Elliott or sure Chris Pine. I don't think no. I don't think Chris Pine could oh, okay. have played Tony Danza's part. It's a little it's the wrong generation. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying maybe a Sam Elliott or um, Sly Stone, Sylvester Stallone instead of you know what that that would have been okay. Yeah, you know, you know? yeah. But um, uh, no, you can't have Tony Danza in that movie. Who who else is in the movie? Michael Pena is in this movie. He's, yeah, he's a great actor. Uh, Brendan Fraser. This is probably just before he he uh, could not act in Hollywood ever again. <laughs> he did Crash, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, Oscar Oscar movie!" And then nobody cast him for anything ever no, again. No, he probably did this, and then he probably did uh, uh what's it called um, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Furry and they vengeance. were like, "Oh, Journey no, to the Center, Journey of, the Center Earth. of the Earth was a huge hit." Well, Journey to the Center of the Earth came three years later. No, no, yeah, no, I know, but it was it was a huge hit. Um, when uh. When they go to make the sequel, there was a he was at odds with the studio, and the studio was like, "All right, fuck you. You don't have a job either." Maybe he just got old. Uh, he there was there's a whole article uh, I think on like Vox or something like that about like why Brendan Fraser is not. Um, well, he's a dick. I met him. Cast. Is he really? Is he a dick? Yeah, I mean, a lot of those actors are dicks, but they still get paid to work. You know. Yeah, but I didn't meet him in like a in like a capacity where you'd be, you know, like like fandom i met him in like in a in a private setting uh-huh. and he was he was a jerk really yeah that's interesting yeah i mean he's he's continued to work just in stuff that you nobody sees <laughs> like because he's bad at picking movies um, hey dude i my kids love nut job he is uncredited in gi joe rise of cobra that's yeah, where that's, his career that went. that sucks he took an uncredited role in G.I. Joe movie. Just so that he could say he was in G.I. Joe movie. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but he had a dude, he was like at the top of Hollywood for years. I mean, come on, how much money do you think he's made? He's made tons of money. I, I know I I enjoyed Brendan Fraser when when he was at uh you know peak peak Fraser. When he was Pete Fraser? <laughs> not Pete Fraser. No, Peak Fraser. Pete Fraser. Not Fraser. Fraser. Fraser or Fraser? Fraser. 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 Like an outlander where they have Jamie Fraser? Fraser. Fraser. Yes. Fraser. There's no I. There's, There's no I. It's just not, an A. He's not a therapist. Fraser. He's not a therapist Fraser. in Seattle. Okay, so he's not. Okay, gotcha. He hunts mummies. He doesn't have an old things. man and a dog. No. Okay, gotcha. I don't believe in any of those movies, no. Okay. All right, so you would recommend it. I would not. What are we talking about again? Crash. 
Gotcha. Yes. No. So recommend, I would recommend it. It gets three and a half stars. Or three and a half fingers. Fuck, I keep saying stars. Yeah, that's not us, man. Yeah. All right, let me reset that. Uh, we have three and a half fingers. All right. So we have three fingers. We're giving it giving it we're giving it to Crash with three fingers and we have a have a little pinky. You know, our little way home. Our little way home's not going home. Somebody cut off our little way home. But you you gotta, cut off our little way but home. But you gotta tuck the thumb too. So it's like half a pinky. No, we got three fingers. Three fingers. How do you do how do you do three fingers? Three and a half. Three and a half. Three, three, three and, and a half. half. Three like, would be like, this. Like this. Yeah. And then you've got half a pinky. One, two, three, the pinky, and half, half pinky. Half a pinky. Yeah, but you said yeah, that's our little way home. All the way home. Yeah. Halfway home. Uh, yeah, He's not going you, all the way you, home. You had your thumb out. This is very visual. But how can I... I can't... You can put the, the pinky all the way down without putting your thumb out? You can't? No. Oh, we just we just came across a sort of That's a weird. Thing. That's weird. The, okay, Jeff cannot half his pinky and tuck his thumb while still holding up three upright fingers. That's weird. So, so to to go through our 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 listing here with their final scores, Crash uh, Capote lowest scoring with three. Crash really second highest That's surprising with three and a half. Then we have a two way tie for second with Munich and Brokeback Mountain, and Good Night and Good Luck got a perfect five fingers. Fuck. So Good Night and Good Luck is what our we would switch the envelope to. I mean, we were already going to switch the envelope from Crash because that's an atrocity. Well, you you for the, you know uh, what, man, you walked in here with that. I you did. were a tainted jury member. Well, I didn't you walk walked in, in here thinking I'm going to switch the envelope cuz Crash sucked. Not until Al told me it was two, 2006 Academy Awards. <laughs> Look, and when I watched all those trailers, I got to say Crash had a better trailer than uh than Good Night and Good Luck. That may be, but as a but, film uh, Good night and good luck is so much better. Well, it goes to show you that you can't judge a book by its trailer. <laughs> yeah, you can't judge a book by its trailer. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so that's decided. Take the Oscar away from Crash. Switch the envelope. Give it to Good Night and Good Luck. Good Night and Good Luck should have been Best Picture for 2006. Yeah, End of so, story. So basically what we're saying is when it comes to the Academy Awards from 2006, we are saying that the Academy Awards did not make the right decision by giving it to Crash. They made the wrong decision, and they should have given it to Good Night and Good Luck. It's settled. That's the way Hollywood should work it now. Yes, we're, they should go by us we every should, time. We should change Wikipedia pages every time we do an episode to, <laughs> to say, like... The Oscar was recently stripped by the Switch the Envelope podcast and given to Good Night and Good Luck. I think we should actually do that. That would be hilarious. I think we should do that. And then on Good Night and Good Lucks, it would be recently podcast Switch the Envelope has reawarded Crash's Best Picture uh, Academy Award to Good Night and Good Luck. All right. If you'd like to contact the show in any way, you can follow us on Instagram. We are, what's our Instagram? At Switch the Envelope? We are at Switch the Envelope. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at, at switch, switch the Envelope. No, it's just Switch Envelope. Oh, at Switch Envelope. There's too many letters in Switch the Envelope for a Twitter handle. Fucking Twitter. I know. Twitter sucks. Instagram can keep their shit together. Why can't you Twitter? Fuck. I know. And they uh, give you more characters. I know. It's weird. And pictures, like filters and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, at Switch Envelope, or you can go to switchtheenvelope.com for uh, you know all your Switch the Envelope needs. Exactly. You can also please hit up our sponsor, rifflaff.com. Yeah, go to rifflaff.com. They produce our show. Um, show them some love. Yeah, pay us nominally. No, it, it <laughs> was that was a very loose term. So, <laughs> <laughs> so go to rifflaff.com and check out our sponsor. Okay, so I think there's also a Facebook page. 
but is there? Yeah, I think it's Facebook. Does people do people use Facebook? They do. There's a Facebook page. If, I think if you just people search other than reflect parents comedy, and, you'll, and dogs. All yeah. I see is dogs and, and moms. Lots, lots of people who are uh, like political experts are on Facebook now. Political experts. Oh, you mean people that think they're political experts? No, I'm pretty sure they are. Oh, they are. Yeah, like absolute fact. All the memes that they that they drop on the Facebook. Oh, that and a bunch of Russian people apparently. <laughs> That's what Facebook is now. It's a bunch of fa- you know Russian hackers, political experts, moms, and dog lovers. Yep. <laughs> That's Facebook. Moms posting baby pictures and dogs. Yep. And uh, you know, so we there's a there's a riff laugh page there. I think it's Facebook forward slash dot com forward slash riff laugh comedy. I think is what what it is. Awesome. Uh, and as always, subscribe to us on iTunes uh, and really anywhere you, you get uh, your podcasts. Eventually, uh, and uh, rate and review us because that that'll help. All right. And then next week we have uh, George Lucas on the program, right? Yeah, you know he's coming in. George Lucas. Our okay. good friend, good friend George Lucas. Not, uh, not, not the one that makes films. Just our. Oh no, no, our, no! Just our buddy George. Yeah, George. Last name Lucas. Yeah. No relation. All right. Last order of business before we head out is we need to dedicate the podcast. Let's throw it out to somebody, an actor or, or actress, who did something significant in 2005 that maybe didn't get noticed by the Academy that we'd like to dedicate this podcast to. This week we're going to dedicate our podcast to the star. Of the 2005 film, Thank You for Smoking, this podcast is dedicated to Sam Elliott and that wonderful mustache. The following has been a Riff Laugh Production.